Blog Talk Radio. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities, 
the reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Show of 2023. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. 
and I am your host and your captain of this ship for the next 90 minutes or so as we go through the murky world of sports. But to help me out now is my uh, partner in crime, our college football our college football co-host and extraordinaire, just an all-around great guy, Super Buckeyes fan, a Super, uh, Super Browns fan, Super Guardian fan, Super Duper Cavaliers fan. The one, the only, Adam Jividen. Happy 2023, sir. How is you? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you? Good. Man, I need to shorten your intro just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I I lose my breath. No, I'm just kidding. So, Jim, good new year. It it was, yeah, it was good. It was, I've I've been busy. Um, I thought I'd be able to, like, ease into the year for work, but that has not been the case. Um, but it's been good. Uh, I, I was excited to watch Donovan Mitchell drop 71 points the other day. Um, that was incredible. So, you know, uh, start, good start to the year. Um, despite what happened in Atlanta uh, against Georgia. Exactly. And uh, I, I, well, since we're right there on that topic, I do want to get into some more uh, college football talk. But uh, what we're – you know, because – in all reality, if we're being honest, you kind of told me, hey, this is happening. We're going to the national championship. And and uh, then at the – I mean, it was a surprise. It was a – if there was ever a stunner in college football, that was it. What, what do you think happened there? I mean, what, what happened was Marvin Harrison got knocked out in the third quarter. Um, I mean, prior <laughs> to that, Georgia defense could not stop the Ohio State offense at all. I mean, they were doing whatever they wanted, and they entered the game already with some injuries to uh, their top two running backs, Travion Henderson. We knew Mayan Williams was was still hobbled following um, just injuries that kind of piled up over the season. And then uh, early on in the first half, I believe it might have been the first possession, first or second possession, our starting tight end, Cade Stover, went down with an injury. Um, and, and it's hard to beat a team like Georgia when um, you're down your top two running backs. We didn't have Jackson Smith and Jigba all season, so pretty much. So going into the season, the top two receivers uh, and you're starting tight end and, and knowing that you need to keep scoring the ball. Um, the offense still put up 41 points. So, I, I, I mean, you can't even lay it on the offense. C.J. Stroud should have Indianapolis Colts fans salivating on the prospect of, of him potentially suiting up for them. But I'm not going to lie. If Jim Irsay and the Colts, if C.J. Stroud is on the board and you take Will Levis, Tom, you will never hear the end of it from me. I will laugh. I might die laughing if, if that's what happens. What? I just feel like you it's going to happen because Irsay is going to take the, the, the clean-cut white kid. Um, you know, but, here's uh, the thing, though. Go Go ahead. Go ahead. But but the de- the defense has got to – I mean, you get you get a couple stops, just a couple stops, and that game's over. And they and they just couldn't they couldn't get it done, which is which has led another year of head scratching and going, is Jim Knowles the the architect of the defense that we brought in? Is he the guy? And and I think the question in Columbus is right now we don't know because mm-hmm. while they did perform better. You can't give up 8.86 yards per play 
and expect to win a big game. And that's what he was brought in to do, uh, is just get some stops, because you know Ryan Day and the offense is going to score. So that's the question that's happening right now in Columbus. And really, across college football this year, defense was pretty abysmally, abysmally bad. Well, real quickly, and I, we're going to save some of this uh, conversation about the Colts uh, for the NFL segment, but if I was to be the major Colts fan that I am, and if I was to be the optimistic guy that I am with the Colts and try to see how uh, Jim Merce looks at things, I would look at not C.J. Stroud as being one of the greatest if not the greatest college football player of modern time, salivating at that, my thought would go, when was the last time we saw a what we would call a mega franchise quarterback come out of Ohio State? That would be my um, question. Tom, have you seen what Justin Fields did in Chicago? <laughs> like, Justin Fields showed himself to be a superstar like, right now. He has nobody on offense. They have a terrible record, mm-hmm. but the, they have been close in a bunch of but games that, because of but that, him. But, that, but, but, Adam, that story's still being written. That's what I'm saying. It, it we is. We don't have but, a but precedent history of Ohio State quarterbacks being great franchise quarterbacks. Now, Justin Fields you is a great point. You can't, you can't also go, okay, we're going to look at what's happened the last 30 years because Ryan Day – who is the architect of this team, is in year four, right? Like, I, I don't – that argument, that's, that's the definition of, like, a strong man <laughs> argument. It's like, look over here, and then I'm going to point to over there. But it's not – think you can look at that and remotely say that. Because under Urban Meyer, he wasn't putting out, professional, like, pro-style quarterbacks. Not his style. Doesn't care. He wants to win and win in college, right? No, he wants if to hang out in bars with women. <laughs> right. If you look historically, yeah, BYU, for example, has put out more NFL quarterbacks with guys like Steve Young or back in the 90s. Like, they had Ty Detmer, who was a great college quarterback, didn't totally pan out in the pros. But, like, so does that – are you telling me that, that Zach Wilson is an NFL superstar because he went to BYU? That argument just doesn't hold up. You look at the individual players. That's what you look at. Because because Joe Montana went to Notre Dame, are you taking Drew Pine number one overall? That's the problem. You can't you can't use that argument. It, it doesn't hold up for more than about thirty five seconds. <laughs> well, that's about all we had for that uh, for that conversation about the Colts. But I do want to c- continue our conversation uh, just a little bit about the NFL as we talk about what has happened this week with Demar Hamlin. Um, I'm going to play a quick soundbite, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm playing this because I know they they what you do on the on the other side is, is you're a pastor and you're a man of God and. One of the things, and I am also not a pastor, but I'm also a Christian and, and, and very much believe in, in prayer. One of the things that I, I, I just found astonishing was Orlovsky's prayer for Hamilton on, on Monday Night Football. We'll go to that. We'll be right back. Let me play this real quick. I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it him. It is. 
Damar Hamlin, right, right, right now. God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 And, and, and that's that was the prayer by Adana Roski, who prayed for Damar Hamlin during the, the game and what we thought was going to be the worst possible scenario. He's been taken off the ventilator overnight, uh, and he has uh, spoken to the team. It's really exciting news. And, you know, I, you and I both know that God is a healing, healing God. Uh, but what I, I, I find, not even remotely controversial, just if there's a – Something to talk about with all of this is, you know, not too long ago, we were seeing high school football coaches being suspended and fired even for having prayer on the field. We were being criticized for, for taking prayers and, and saying that prayer is, 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 is just a, a number of, of, of words. But yet, for the first time in probably since I've been a kid that I actually hear an actual prayer on television unless I was watching Billy Graham or something like that. But uh, during a live sporting event, we never see this. It, it, it was such an event, um, especially for all of us that are NFL fans. You know, we're, we're fans of the game and we have our team. But when you see uh, what happened with DeMar Hamels in the Bills, safety with the Bills after that, that hit, um, you wonder a couple things, you know, wh- what's wrong with prayer? Let's, let's start there because I, I know that you are a pastor and you, you, you're probably our expert go-to when it comes to religion and sports. But what, what are your thoughts? When you hear that prayer, when you saw what happened, what were your Because I would imagine, like a lot of fans, where we were, we were doing our own prayers. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, you know, you, you said, like, why – why was it a surprise? Why was it potentially controversial? I, I mean, I, I feel like that's, that's fairly obvious because of, you know, the, the, the societal um, thoughts and feelings right now that you, that you see regarding religion, you know. But, but I don't know, what's really cool about that entire situation for me was – yeah, how how it's been received by Orlovsky. Um I know Dan Orlovsky does a lot of work with groups like Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, I've been actually at a conference that he spoke at before. Um, he's he's the real deal when it comes to a man of faith, and I think there's a lot of times that we see um, we've seen lately um, people that are whether it's pastors of large churches or Christian comedians, Christian musicians that have some sort of moral failing. Um, you know, do you find out there's an affair or something like that? And, and, and it really makes people question the validity of, of God. And, and I know DeMar Hamlin um, is from Pittsburgh, does a, went to Pitt, does a ton of work in the community, 
and is very active mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the Christian athlete culture, both there and in Buffalo. And um, I don't know. It was it was it was awesome to see. You know, you said why do these things happen where we uh, where we you know scoff at God one minute and then and then need Him you know cry out to Him when we need the most. And and I think that's that that's like predicted in the Old Testament, you know. Um, and, and so I think I think from that perspective. You know, if people are crying out to him when they need him most, and that's what it takes to get them to understand that there's a a loving God that cares for them, that loves them, that will be there for them in the midst of hard times. Doesn't mean hard times aren't going to happen. Doesn't mean that your life's going to be daisies and, and unicorns. But to know that there is uh, someone that loves you and cares for you and can can heal and can do incredible things. Um if that's what it takes to get there, then that's what it takes. And, and I think like, I think the, the most, the most poignant time of this that I can remember was nine 11. I mean, everybody, sure. everybody Absolutely. Was, was praying and didn't matter. And, and I think we got a glimpse of that again when, when, when Damar was hurt. Um, I actually have a, like a, another, another uh, couple friends that, that texted me and they're like, Hey man, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And I was like, pray. And they're like, what do I say? I'm like, anything. Anything. It doesn't exactly. have any of us. So, you, you know, say, I, I, I've been, I've, I've had Damar and his family um, in, in my morning uh, uh, prayer list. Um, and, and it's amazing to see him recover. It doesn't matter what happens with his career moving forward. Frankly, mm-hmm. we're just thankful that he is alive. Do I hope he gets to continue mm-hmm. to play football and fulfill his dream? Yes, but if he doesn't, I know that that God has something huge for him on the other side of this. Absolutely, we're going to be uh, continuing this conversation into the NFL. So I just applaud Dan or Ar- Orlowski uh, for that prayer. By the way, he was a Colt, he was a Lions, he was a Ram. He was he was a Buccaneer, he was a Texan, but he was also a Colt. <laughs> but uh, he, right. he's a quarterback. But I, 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 he does a fantastic job. He's an analyst for ESPN, and uh, but uh, yeah, he, he he's, he's never uh, balked about his faith with God. And then you know, I, I love him just saying, "Hey, you know, I, I feel like it needs to happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now." And you know, and, and got all kinds of praise. But the same network is also part of that network that was spinning anti prayer and so forth. Well, let's get back on track with the in, with not with the NFL, uh, but uh, with uh, college football. And let's talk about the team up north. Let's talk about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, we have sanctions coming down. Uh, uh, class uh, one and class two for improper contact with the recruit. And that doesn't mean anything sexual. That just means that, you know, there's a lot of things going on. But ironically, this happens at a time when Rumor has it, drum roll, that Jim Irsay and and uh, Harbaugh are in very definite talks. And right now, I think it's just coming down to how much money are you going to pay me? And Jim Irsay is probably saying, hey, I think I can pay you anything for you to get out from underneath Michigan at this point. Does the khaki army come to Indianapolis? But more importantly, I want the official Adam Jividen opinion of the 
of, of the magic of Jim Harbaugh finding trouble that remains I I don't know. I could go on and on, but what are your thoughts about Jim Harbaugh and what's going on? Hot mess, hot mess yeah, here in is, Michigan. This is really interesting. I said to you weeks ago, I think Harbaugh's mm-hmm. coming to Indy. Weeks ago. You did. Um, and you were like, man, I don't know. And then I said it on New Year's Eve. Dude, Harbaugh's coming to Indy. Watch. Mark it down. Because um, obviously you not only have the fact that he's been a successful coach there, um, I mean, especially these last two years, but, like, dude played for the freaking Colts for a while and led them to playoff games. Captain Comeback. Is that Captain Comeback. It's Earth Day. Right, and, and so I was like, just watch this is going to happen. Here's what I think. I think, and this is, I'm going to be honest, this is 100% out of dividend, the conspiracy theorist. I don't do it very often. I think Harbaugh himself leaked information to the NCAA so he can get out of Michigan and still be seen as, like, a hero for bringing the program back. Because if he leaves, people are going to be pissed at him. But if he doesn't well, understand, he'll be like, well, you know, we understand. I, that's, I I'm just it, saying it's, it, it's super fishy. The timing is think, very suspect. It is. It's very suspect. And he, and he even, like, in his statements, he's like, you know, I, I – he, he said, like he's, – he's, like, set up front, like, I, I will be – I believe I will be coaching at Michigan in 2023. And then you're like, wait a minute. That, there's a difference between I believe and I will. You're, you're under contract, Jim. So I believe uh-huh. leave that back door. It's not just leaving the back door open. It's like propping it up and being like, yeah, but if this other thing happens, I'm out. And, and I think the other thing, too, from a Colts perspective, if you look at – I don't know from a, like a young coordinator perspective, I don't know how – a, attractive this job is going to be for a young coordinator because it, Ballard has complete and utter control over this roster, for better or worse. And, <laughs> and, and, and I don't know that – I think a young coordinator might get run over by, by, by the way that Ballard sees this, this organization being run. But also the way that mm-hmm. Ballard has built this team fits in well with what Harbaugh likes to do both offensively and defensively. So, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. If, if there's a coach that could come in and possibly get this thing moving, I, you know, I don't know that there are better options right now than, than Jim Harbaugh because I think he's also someone that would come in and respect from Chris Ballard that if Harbaugh says, I want this player, Ballard wouldn't kind of overrule him, which is what I've heard happen repeatedly with Frank Reich. Frank Reich would pound the table for certain players and Ballard would be like, yeah, but I think this guy fits better. And that, so I guess that would I be just, the question that – I guess that would be the question that, that you, you would think that Jim Harbaugh would have and say, hey, okay, I, I, I certainly would want to come and be your coach. If I decide that, if I make that decision, I want certain governing powers which may trump uh, what Ballard says. To include who they get in the draft, and that might be part of the the, the lure here. You, you hate to say teams are mailing it in, but if anything, the Colts should mail it in at this point. One, to get a good quarterback, and two, to get a good coach. Yeah, 
I, I think, like, if you look at who are who are the prospects for this upcoming season, I, you know, every year Eric Bieniemy's name is thrown around, and he hasn't gotten really even much of a, a shot yet, from what I understand. The offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs. Another hot name right now is D'Amico Ryan, the defensive coordinator from uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, there's some other names that have been kind of thrown around, you know, for for from a coordinator perspective, but there's not a ton of them because there have been so many teams these last few years that went with the the quote unquote hot shot young coordinator. Um, so I, I think. Ursay, in how he prefers to have a team run, the Jeff Saturday interim hiring notwithstanding, he prefers to get someone with experience. And if you're looking someone with experience, I don't know anybody better, frankly, right now that's available than Harbaugh. That that would be a viable option. So do I think he could work here in Indy? Yeah. A lot's going to depend on who they get at the quarterback position. Because I'm going to tell you, if it's Will, I don't, I don't get the hype around Will Levis. I might be wrong. I don't get it at all. He's all, he's 23 years old. His season this year was horrible. Uh, he had like 21 touchdowns and 13 picks. <coughs> like in, in what was a very down SEC this year defensively. Like this is a hundred percent. Like well, you know, if you look at him. Ouchie stands there. He looks great in a helmet. And I'm like, no. You know, and, and, and a lot's going to come down to is the, who's number one, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud for Houston? Uh, right. I, I think personally C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this class. I don't even think it's close. Bryce Young is good, but I don't know that Bryce Young is much better than Tua. And we've seen Tua so, struggle mildly in Miami. So let me ask you this, Adam, and we've got to get onto this game before we let you go. But we talk about the Colts salivating over C.J. Stroud, and you say things like he's one of, I mean, the best quarterback in the class. You would think yep. he would go number one overall. Right now, the Colts aren't going to get the number one pick, so we're not going to get C.J. Stroud anyway. So do you think he goes to a team like who, who, who do you – I mean, do you think that he's not going to be the number one overall pick? I, I think there's a chance he might not. I think there's a lot. Okay. There are a lot of teams that like Bryce Young. They talk about his accuracy in the pocket. They talk mm-hmm. about uh, he has a – they say he has a strong arm. I haven't seen it. Like, his arm is – it's okay. Um, I have never seen Bryce Young do what CJ did to Georgia on – New Year's Eve, and CJ did the exact same thing to Utah, and he's done the exact same thing to a ton of other teams. There were there was a little bit of there was a little bit of during the middle of the season, he had a handful of games where defenses kind of affected his rhythm and his timing, but you know the and 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 it looked a little kind of herky jerky, but fought through it and then has delivered just incredible games um, since then make you go wow and and Ryan Day even admitted that his play calling this year was too up and down and it wasn't consistent for for CJ so I I think whoever ends up with CJ Stroud is gonna get a a potential star I don't want to say superstar I put very few quarterbacks into the superstar category 
But I think you're looking at a dude that's in, that, that's especially the way that he showed his scrambling ability and ability to extend plays with his legs against Georgia. I I, I don't know why he wouldn't go number one, but I know there's a lot of teams really infatuated with Bryce Young. And if Bryce Young goes one, Chris Ballard needs to pick up the phone and call Chicago at two. You're talking about going from five probably or four to two. Yeah. Get it done. Well, and, 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 yeah, let's – that brings – that brings me to our last conversation. I know you you have to bail here in just a second, but I wanted to get get this game in. Uh, we we had to talk about uh, Demar, but uh, obviously Monday night the Horn Frogs the Bulldogs would meet in what some would consider a David and Goliath uh, battle on Monday night. Uh, certainly Georgia looking to be the first repeat uh, back to back championship in the college football era since Alabama did it in 2011 2012. But we talk about great quarterbacks. Stenson Bennett, one of the great quarterbacks, uh, Stenson Bennett, the fifth or whatever that number is. I don't like Roman numerals because I don't know ever what they mean. But Stenson Bennett, basically, number one, Georgia, number three, TCU. TCU is a team that we didn't expect to be in the in the college football championship. I know that you expected it to be. You, you expect it to be Ohio State, but it, it, at SoFi Stadium in, in Los Angeles on Monday night. Who will decide the national championship? The Bulldogs are coming off a 42-41 win over, as we talked about, Ohio State, the Peach Bowl. And the Horned Frogs uh, are still struggling after a stunning number two, uh, Michigan 51-45 in the Fiesta Bowl in the the, the semifinal, sorry. Uh, But, again, Stetson Bennett, we're talking about quarterbacks. That's kind of been the theme that we've been talking about on the college football uh, talk circuit today. But give us the breakdown of this game. Like I said, a lot of people are saying this is a true David and Goliath game. Yeah, it it, it is. I think, I mean, the real national championship was Ohio State-Georgia. Those were the best two teams in college football. I know we lost that game uh, to to Michigan. But I I don't even think it, like, if you watch those teams all season, Ohio State and Georgia was the best two teams in college football. Um, Yeah. I, I would love to see TCU win. It'd be so cool. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, Max, Max Duggan, he's a, he's a good college quarterback. Could he develop into, like, a decent pro quarterback? Maybe. I think he's more, like, going to be in line to be, like, a, a solid backup um, for his career. Stetson Bennett is one of those, like, good in college, won't sniff the pros. Go be a graduate assistant with Georgia um, because you're, tall, you're short, you don't have a strong arm, and you're old. He is older than Lamar Jackson. Just keep that in mind. Stetson Bennett is at Georgia, and he's older than Lamar Jackson. Um, his, 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 next year will be his sixth season in the NFL. <laughs> Wild. Well, um, Georgia just has well, I, I, I think one of the things we look at with, 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 with Georgia is they're just weapons of pass catchers. Brock Powers, Lad McConnell, Kenny McTosh, uh, all filling out the top three uh, catchers in the in the league. Uh, you get, you gotta wonder how does TCU prepare for that? But they have, they, they have Kidar Miller who you know rushed for 1,399 yards and 17 touchdowns this season and left it, but he did leave the Fiesta Bowl with an injury. I don't know the status of that, but if you're TCU. I mean, and you got your slingshot. How many stones do you need to bring down the giant, Adam? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think if 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 TCU wins, 
Yes, if TCU wins, <laughs> we will see. Um, we will see Quentin Johnson, their their stud wide receiver, who who looks a lot like like a a uh, um, gosh, a young just he's a young, big, tall, fast. Uh, he reminds me a lot of. Um, just some of the, the, the great, like, he has that T.O. type body style that can just take the ball in the middle of the field and go from one hash to the other. Not saying he is Terrell Owens, but he's a beast. He will have had to have, like, 250 yards receiving and, like, three touchdowns. I just I don't think TCU has the horsepower. The other thing is they run a 3-3-5 um, defense, which I think Georgia will run all over. Um and, and then and then Keandre McIntyre or Keandre Miller uh, for TCU is hurt. He's a he's a really solid back. I just I don't I don't see it. I think I think I think TCU in upsetting Michigan that was that was their peak. Georgia is going to be a whole nother level. And I think I think we kind of see Georgia in a route. If I'm being honest, I just think the the, the injury to Miller probably sealed the deal. TCU would have had to have every round in the chamber available and without their their stud running back, I just I just don't see it. I mean, unless unless uh Johnson is the second coming of like DeAndre Hopkins uh, for uh for for TCU. I just I just think what what Georgia's what Georgia's gonna do is they're gonna put Keely Ringo who many say is the number one corner in this upcoming draft, they're just going to have him blanket Johnson and have somebody else try to beat him. That's, that's it. And I don't know that, well, that, that TCU has that. Well, the over and under is 12 and five, uh, 12 and a half. I'm sorry. And, uh, but TCU, uh, if they get it, it'll be the first national championship they've had since 1938. So a true underdog story here uh, for the uh, Horned Frogs. And, uh, of course, the Bulldogs, uh, it would be exciting to, to see uh, that happen. Uh, and, you know, obviously everybody will be watching, but I think you're right. It's, 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 uh, this is going to be a, a very, very tough, uh, tough, tough game for TCU to, to, win, to, to win. But we'll see. And, uh, you know, put a little money on it. We will. We will here at the, at the, at the balance. We'll put a little money on our – uh, on the on the horn frogs just to see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. I, the over and under is twelve and a half. So what do you do, right? Adam Jividen, we appreciate you joining it. Go ahead. I was going to say, if it's twelve and a half, I'm taking the over. <laughs> I I think Georgia like wins in a route. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam Jividen, we appreciate you joining us and giving us your feedback. I, I know we took a little bit. Uh, off of our college football clock today for other conversations, but it is what it is. And, hey, we're getting into the playoffs, and we're getting ready to go into the NFL segment here with Ed Kratz, and we're going to be talking uh, some playoffs. But uh, any any thoughts on the playoffs as we go into the uh, 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 playoff conversation, NFL conversation, any thoughts on what you think is going to happen here with the playoffs? And, and what are your thoughts on the – the NFL deciding not to continue that game with the Bills and the Bengals. I think it was a good decision. But uh, real quickly, get your thoughts and let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think, A, I think my decision to pick the Eagles to run the Super Bowl is still looking really freaking good. I think you're right. Um, I love it. 
I think uh, I do think the NFL deciding to not continue that game was the right call. Um, I I think as we head into the playoffs, I'm I'm I think the game that I want to see, and it might be the most chalk game possible. The Super Bowl I want to see is because I just want to see these two teams go head to head. Is Chiefs Eagles at full strength? I think that game would be that would be one for the ages. Um, that's that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see Pat and their offense against Jalen and and Philadelphia's offense, which are two very dynamic offenses, but they're also very very different um, in how they move the ball. Uh, I I just that's what I, that's what I want to see from the playoffs. I'm just I'm excited to see this this whole thing about a neutral site AFC championship game is the wildest thing I've ever heard. Um, and and apparently. They asked Indy if they wanted to host it, and we said no yeah. because they had yeah. like some like volleyball tournament. What? What are yeah. you doing, man? <laughs> like, come on! Uh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I would have like stuff to go to the games, just even if I don't have anybody in the fight. Like, because or no, the Browns will probably never go to an AFC Championship game. I agree. I saw that story. I think it has something to do with uh, contractual rights that Lucas has for other uh, other events and other venues, and they they became clear the Colts were not going to be uh, <laughs> in the playoffs. They went ahead and said, "Hey, let's still make some money in the venue." I, that was that was kind of what I said. Adam, <laughs> we appreciate you joining us, and always appreciate your feedback. Any words of wisdom for us before you part part ways, sir? No. Everybody have a, everybody have a great weekend. Um, you know, we love a good David and Goliath story, so go Horn Frogs. Hey, hopefully we can get some uh, uh, contributions to the to the den here this week. Yeah, I, I, I plan on doing like a full NFL uh, playoff write-up here. Um, Sounds good. Th- I'm working on it this week. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that should be coming this week. Um, it, it's going to be <laughs> – it's gonna be uh, 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 it'll. Pro- I'm guessing it'll probably be Friday. If I'm being honest. <laughs> All right, buddy. We appreciate you, man. Have a good week. Thank you, Tom. All right, buddy. Adam Jividan, Super Browns fan, Super Duper Cavs fan, Guardians fan, and and uh, Super uh, Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Even though his Buckeyes aren't going to be in the national championship, breaking down some college football, some NFL, and but coming back, we are going to get into our NFL segment right on the other side with Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. You're making me feel like I'm loved by somebody. I can deal with the bad night when I'm with my baby. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? 
Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at GoANG.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Kwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. thing this is this um this is about Demar Hamlin mm-hmm. and um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career and there's probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be and now he fights for his life and when Demar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams or on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game, and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much 
we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it, and now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player (laughs) or we're we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream, and tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. All right, and that was uh, Ryan Clark, uh, obviously during the broadcast on Monday Night Football. As, as, as we know, the NFL kind of came to a stop. We saw a side of the NFL that we have never seen. Joining us now, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagle and, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Ed, I'm so glad you're able to join us for our very first show on 2023. Unfortunately, we've got a dark cloud to talk about, and that's obviously the Demar Hamilton uh, story that happened on Monday Night Football. It just seems like there's so much other stuff that we'd love to talk about when it comes to football. We'll get to that here in just a second. But it just seems like, hey, we've got to take some time and look at this story. But the you know, great part of this, uh, the silver lining of it all, is that he was able to take part at, in a call with a team. He was he was removed from the ventilator. He appears to be uh, improving at a very good pace. So there is that. But uh, let's just get your thoughts, uh, Ed, and happy 2023 to you, sir. Yeah, happy New Year, uh, Tom, for sure. Um, Yeah, my thoughts, you know, first of all, it it sounds like he's making great progress in his recovery, um, which is terrific. I mean, you know, I talked to uh, Miles Sanders in the Eagles locker room yesterday, the running back, and, you know, he and Hamlin grew up together in Pittsburgh, playing against each other at rival high schools. And he, Sanders said he FaceTimed with Hamlin on Friday morning. And he was very encouraged that it sounds like he's, you know, heading in the right direction here, which is terrific. Um, but, you know, it's hard to move past that scene of him collapsing on the field that we saw Monday night. Um, after making really kind of just a, a routine tackle, you know, yeah, it was a hard hit, <laughs> hit to the chest, but, um, you thought he'd be okay, and then he, he stood there and fell backwards and collapsed, and, you know, you knew something wasn't right uh, right then and there. And, uh, you know, the NFL, I think, did the right thing by canceling the game and not replaying it. And, uh, I agree. Yeah, and, and, you know, thankfully he's going to be okay. But, yeah, if you're a player, you know the risks <clears throat> that are involved when you strap it up. Every Everybody said that. I talked to, you know, a dozen Eagles in the locker room 
on Wednesday about it. And, you know, to a man, they pretty much said, look, you know, we know what we signed up for. We know that the lifestyle that this game affords them. Um, so they don't take it for granted, but then they, they know the risks. Now this is a whole different level of risk when, you know, you have a player who went into cardiac arrest on the field and uh, died in a sense, right? I mean, they had to restart his heart and, uh, that's what they had to do, and you know you don't sign up for that. I mean, you see bones break and and ligaments mm-hmm. tear, you know ACL tears and whatnot, but you know you don't see someone die on the field, and yeah. that had everybody shaken up. And you and you'll and and like Ryan Clark, you played that great bit to start this show, and mm-hmm. you know what? A, how well did he distinguish himself? Ryan Clark, former cornerback, uh, played some time with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but. Uh, you know, one of his things that he put out on Twitter was the next snap of football is going to be one of the scariest snaps we have ever watched. And, and he's right. You know, I mean, these players have to now put this behind them and resume play, you know, doing their jobs, which is what they exactly. do is, you know, they just turn the page. But we see scary stuff happen all the time on the field, but nothing to this level. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I knew I was I told Melissa, as, as soon as they began doing that human shield, both teams, I, I was like, I I thought I thought I thought he had died, and I thought this is crazy. And my mom's in the medical field, and you know what happens when they code like that? They the brain stops all activity for the most part, and or the heart does. I'm sorry, and and so it does reduce the brain blood flow to the brain. And when you go minutes, I think it was nine minutes before they were able to finally get a pulse of getting to the hospital. You know, you you worry, worry about brain damage, but it, it looks like thankfully that you know, thank God that he's 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 pulling out of it. We talked about this in the other segment with Adam Jevita, who's also a pastor um, uh, um, with his other job stuff, and I talked with him about how us as a as a woke nation, it's not a political show. I'm just using that to describe everything, where everybody gets so worked up because. Someone's praying on the field. We saw high school football coaches actually get fired because they uh, were having prayer on the field. And now all of a sudden, just like that, everybody's praying. And, and we have Dan Orosky praying on ESPN above all networks on Monday Night Football. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. We played the prayer in the last segment. I love it. But the, I, I, it's sad that we have to get to a point where something like this has to happen before we can say, hey, it's okay to pray. It may not be your thing, but it's okay to pray and, and to be chastised for the people who say that, you know, you see in the political world and, and they say, well, I don't want to hear the words pray. Let's, let's, let's have some action. In my mind, I'm a Christian, but in my mind, prayer really did uh, show itself to be what prayer works with the more Hamilton. What are your thoughts on, on that part of this story? And we'll get on to the, to the better, more fruitful things to talk about with the NFL. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I think prayer definitely helps, you know, in, in so many cases, uh, you know, prayer works, um, no doubt. Uh, <clears throat> but so does CPR. And, you know, I have to, Tip my hat to the medical personnel, and if anything, absolutely, hundred percent. Something yeah. you say, yeah. Something you should take away from this is, uh, and I and I had to do this. You know, I do a little wrestling coaching, and I have to take CPR classes. And I think you know maybe there should be 
you know, more people just taking CPR just, just in case, you know, like if, if, if someone drops in front of you and I, I talked to somebody who a coworker passed out in front of him and he didn't know CPR and the person ended up dying by the time nine 11, you know, they call nine one one. And by the time they get there, uh, the, the, the guy had died. So, and he, and he was like, you know, it took me years and I still haven't moved past it because I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. So, you know, I, I don't know if local colleges or YMCA's uh, places like that offer CPR training. I'm pretty sure they do. But if, if there's any takeaway and from this, in my opinion, is, you know, go out and learn how to do that. You know, I think it probably costs a couple hundred dollars to do it. Um, but it, it's a one-day training. It doesn't take all day. It's an easy thing to learn. Um, but you just never know when you might be in that situation, not even on a football field, just in the workplace or out to dinner or, or someplace where something like this plays out. And uh, it'd be nice to, if you knew what you, you had to do. You know, like I said, I, I've had to take one for coaching wrestling uh, each, uh, I think it's every other year I renew it. Um, so it, it's good. It's a really good thing to know. And that's probably, you know, one of the lessons we should take away from this is go out and get yourself a CPR class and know what to do just in case. And it's probably a small percentage. Well, absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Melissa's a school teacher. She has to have a CPR. And, and I know, I, I think we, we got her certification through the Red Cross. It was like 50 bucks. So it's real inexpensive. So, yeah, I yeah. encourage anybody and everybody to, to do uh, CPR. Now, let's uh, typically, you know, we, we, we make jokes around this time. Now, it doesn't feel right to make jokes about, you know, <laughs> uh, bringing teams back alive with CPR with the playoff fixtures and stuff. Uh, let's, let's get into the playoff, though. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of moving parts, as there always is when it comes to the playoffs. But let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, shoulder injury. You, fortunately, you guys got the first round by uh, with being a 13-3. Great season. I still riding the Eagles to the Super Bowl this year, Ed. I hope you get to, to go to that and cover that for your another Super Bowl for the Eagles. But first things first, we got to get through the playoffs. Jalen Hurts, how big it was. I, I know you've written some things about it. I don't want to steal your thunder there. But what's, what's the Jalen Hurts factor uh, with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs? Well, the Eagles would like to have him sit out on Sunday, but they kind of squandered the last two chances to clinch the number one seed. They have to win on Sunday to wrap up against the, the Giants, number one yeah. seed against the Giants. And if they don't, and Dallas wins, then Dallas will uh, – and, and the 49ers, they'll be the one and two seeds. And the Eagles will fall all the way to the fifth seed, and they'll have to go to Tampa next weekend <clears throat> to play Tom Brady, whose team's playing better. Uh, but the Eagles went down there last year in the first round of the playoffs, and, you know, they lost 31-15, to 15, I think it was. But, listen, if, if they lose today for a third this, – this is such a must-win game. They can't lose for a third straight week um, because I don't know what that would do to them mentally. I think that would be hard to come back from after going 13-1 and one, and then everything in front of you to clinch the number one seed, get that well-earned by where they have some injuries that could use this week off and then have everybody come through Lincoln Financial Field. If they weren't able to do that, then I, I think this team would be cooked, and they'd probably be, you know, a one-and-done team down in Tampa next week. So that's why Jalen Hurts' discussion is so heavy this week, because, 
We've seen Gardner Minshew. Listen, the team's 13-1 and with Hurts in the lineup, 0-2 with Minshew in the lineup. You have to hope that your best player can answer the call here and go out and play well enough to beat a Giants team that's locked into the number six seed. Who knows how many of their starters they will play or for how long they'll play them. There's nothing to be gained for the Giants uh, in their seeding. But, you know, do they want to beat the Eagles? Sure, it's an NFC rival. Do you want to be playing well going into the playoffs if you're the Giants? I would think so. So, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of incentive, though, to, to play their starters. But that doesn't mean the Eagles are just going to walk over this team. I mean, I've seen teams before think that they can beat a team full of backups and second-teamers, and they end up losing. You know, Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, their coach, was in was with the uh, – he talked about being with a team that lost to the Chiefs who sat their starters. Um, and they needed to win to get in, and they didn't. So uh, that's why you need to see Jalen Hurts out there. Um, even though I know they would have liked to have rested him this weekend and brought him back out in the, you know, the second weekend of the playoffs, give that shoulder more time. But they put themselves in a bad spot. They lost two games. They shouldn't have lost to the Saints. I believe how terrible they were against the Saints. That was crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, listen, there, there's a lot to play for for Philadelphia. If they lose, I think their season's over, to be honest. If they win, then, you know, then they can take the breath, get the week off, and then everything has to come through Philadelphia. But, uh, it all starts with a win, and if they don't get it, they're cooked. Well, I hope they do get it. Uh, I, I know I know that the injury report officially has uh, Jalen Hurts as questionable. Do you, as someone who's in the locker room and follows the Eagles as, as extensively as you do, do you think they'll take the chance with playing Jalen Hurts um, because they are definitely going to need him in the playoffs? Yeah, I think if the doctors clear him, you know, if he's able to take a hit, yeah, I think he'll play. Um, You know, he was two weeks ago, he was listed as out. Last week he was listed as doubtful, which is just about, you may as well list somebody out if you're listing him doubtful. But uh, this week he's questionable, so he has a shot. And uh, I expect him to to play. I've talked to a lot of players this week who have told me that he hurts his taking the first team reps. Um, so I don't know if they if he can't play. I don't know how Minshew comes in after taking second team reps all week, which means not a lot of reps, and finds a way to beat this Giants team no matter who's playing. I mean, I guess it could happen, but yeah, I think the Eagles. If, if Hurts gets cleared by the doctors, he's going to play. Joining us now, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast uh, and uh, BurnoutSports.com. Tony, welcome to the first show of 2023. How are you, sir? Hey guys, how we doing? Fantastic! So glad that you that you could join us today and talk some NFL with us. Uh, Tony's uh, based here in Indianapolis with me as well, and, and we're we're living the the Colts nightmare right now, or maybe the Colts dream. Uh, Tony, we'll go with you on this story here. We'll get back to the playoff picture here in just a, a second. Um, uh, what we saw happen from the team up north, or Michigan, <laughs> uh, the Jim Harbaugh uh, finds himself in a hot mess uh, with with the sanctions that are coming down with inappropriate conduct uh, to, uh, well, contact, I should say, uh, with recruits. I think he leaked a lot of this stuff so he could start building his uh, uh, case to come to Indianapolis. And, Tony, I know you were one of the first ones here in the local market that started talking about uh, Jim Ursay and, and Harbaugh making a deal to come to Indianapolis as, as the coach. Uh, we still think that's probably possible. Uh, 
Tony, as you look at this, we're, we, we want a loss tomorrow because it keeps us well within the top five uh, range. And, and maybe it's C.J. Stroud, maybe it's Levi from Kentucky, uh, maybe it's Stennett from Georgia. But we have an opportunity to have a great coach or a good coach or have Harbaugh back here in Indianapolis. I think that would be one of the best coaching moves they've made in a long time. And I'm going to give you props. You were one of the first ones here in the Indianapolis market to talk about it, and everybody was giving you the naysay. So, Tony, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that um, there's been interest there, you know, and when he got back to the college football playoff, it was, all right, can he win it? And then would that spike his interest to go back to the NFL? Or now that he's got there twice and hasn't been able to advance, does that make him say, all right, I think I've taken Michigan as far as I can take them, and I'll, I'll be at his alma mater and, and, and a really good job, maybe one of the best college football jobs in the country. Um, you know, somebody brought this up to me, well, he's got a cush job and everything's good. Yeah, but at some point, do you, do you just decide that you don't want to, you know, be in these high school kids' living rooms anymore? And what's the balance, which I don't know because I've never done it, but what is the balance between dealing with professionals or dealing with high school kids and having to do the recruiting stuff? And, um, you know, would you rather have a professional who maybe has an ego or would you rather have a college kid that is young and, and you know, mm. is going to make mistakes? I know that Jim Mercer has interest. He has had interest for over a month since they were here. Uh, in December for that Big Ten championship game, um, there's definitely words exchanged, spoken, and you know I was the first person to even come out with it uh, when I learned mm-hmm. about it. Which, uh, I was wasn't too surprised by it. I mean, I, I think Jim Irsay right now more than any other time in his ownership tenure, in any other time in really Colts history, you know, keeping the fan base engaged. I mean, there's a there's a reason why Jeff Saturday was brought in as the Colts coach because. <laughs> First, they wanted to keep the fans engaged. He wanted to keep people still interested in this team up to the point where they were eliminated from the playoffs, which, ironically enough, didn't come until like two or three weeks ago, which seems which seems crazy. Kind of just shows you know where the rest of the AFC is too. And you know you're looking at one. This is the worst season in Colts franchise history. I mean, I I can't think of, and I know I'm only 34 years old. Bad. Even even the one win season, you at least knew. You know, there wasn't these expectations. This was a team that was projected by many, including Vegas, and certainly by Jim Irsay, to get to the playoffs, win the division, and advance in the playoffs with a guy like Matt Ryan. Then we find out pretty quickly that Matt Ryan can't scramble out of the pocket and can't really throw it more than 15 to 20 yards down the field. Um, we can go into it. We'll be here all day if we want to talk about everything that's gone wrong with the Saints <laughs> this year. Um, but but Irsay, Irsay, Irsay wants to make a splash on this hire. Irsay wants to be wants somebody to come in here that it has name recognition um, that is part of quote unquote the shoe is like what he always says. And there's no better candidate right now than Jim Harbaugh. Now, once those rumblings started coming that, Hey, Harbaugh has interest in coming back in the NFL. And then it was confirmed by somebody close to him or whoever the source was. Then the Carolinas and the Denver's, Oh, well, you know, we're going to do our due diligence. Let's give him a call. Um, so if Harbaugh wants to be in the NFL next year, he'll be in the NFL. If Harbaugh wants to be with the Panthers next year, he'll be with the Panthers. If Harbaugh wants to be with the Colts next year, he'll be with the Colts. You get to examine the situation. I think you come into the Colts situation saying, all right, there's a lot going on here. Um, if Chris Ballard is let go, I think that would, that would, that would make Urs, Urs, make Harbaugh want to come here probably a little bit more. Um, maybe he has some say in on who's going to be that next mm-hmm. GM. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe Jeff Saturday flies over to that position. Still, it's kind of been in the works a little bit. So, uh, a lot still to happen. Um, it'll probably happen quickly over the next week or two, 
Um, but, you know, somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, you know, what are the, what's the percentage of that, that Harbaugh will be the Colts coach next year? And I think right now we're at about 55 to 60%. There's obviously still a lot of contracts and negotiations and talks and other people that have to be interviewed as far as satisfying the Rooney rule. Um, but I think right now it's at about 60%. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We're, we're talking the NFL. We're also talking playoffs. Uh, Tony and I are based here in the great city of Indianapolis. And uh, I give Tony credit for being the first to come out with this Jim Harbaugh story, dude, to be legit anyway, and, and more than just a rumor. So, uh, Ed, as you hear Tony talk about the, the story around here that's being talked about locally with Jim Harbaugh uh, coming to the Colts and leaving Michigan, and of course, our, disastrous quarterback situation that we have with the Colts. There's so many things that need to be done. And, and I do hope, I pray uh, that Chris Ballard is no longer with the Colts. He has been a total disaster. I liked him at first, but he, he has been a total disaster uh, for the Colts. And I'm going to get off my soapbox before I get going too wild on it. But Ed, what are your thoughts? Jim Harbaugh to the Colts. Is he, is he, is he, is he part one of our saviors? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting uh, points Tony mentioned there. Um, you know, I I, I think the, the fact that he's in a little bit of trouble there at Michigan might force his hand to come to the NFL. We saw that with Chip Kelly here in Philadelphia. He, you know, the water was starting to get hot there in Oregon. And, um, and I know for a fact he hated going into teenager, teenagers' homes and have to kiss their butt to get them to come to his school, and that's kind of what Harbaugh's doing and, Every college coach has to do that. But uh, eventually, yeah, you, you get tired of that, I would think. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's sure it's certainly a good chance that Harbaugh could go to Indianapolis. I'd be interested to know, like, I thought he was going to get the Vikings job last year, Harbaugh. I know he was interested in it, but the Vikings, just, you know, they pulled the plug on it, and I'm not sure why, um, because Harbaugh would have taken that Vikings job, uh, is what I was told. But it was the Vikings who, who – kind of turned them away at the last minute. And it turned out to be a good deal for the Vikings. The coach they got now has got them, you know, as a number two seed right now in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's the splash higher, then that's probably who Ursa is going to push. You know, I'm not a big fan of recycled coaches. I know he did a good job in the NFL, took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, lost to his brother, uh, you know, John Harbaugh in uh, Baltimore. Uh, but, you know, there's only been five coaches in the NFL who have taken a, two teams, two different teams, to the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's a tough task uh, for Harbaugh. I'm just, I, for some reason, I'm just not a fan. I'd rather try to hire somebody that, you know, is kind of young and innovative and, uh, you know, ha- is getting his first shot at it because, you know, he's going to pour his heart and soul into it because it is his first shot and he wants to prove something. So, uh, you know. That that's just my own personal opinion, but I can understand why Ursay would want to make a big splash with a, a name co- uh, coach like Harbaugh. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Inside.com, and Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, and BurnoutSports.com. Uh, uh, check out both of those uh, uh, articles. I mean, both of those sites uh, with Ed Kratz and uh, with with Tony. Guys, I want to talk with you a little bit more about this set story that's happened with DeMar Hamilton, Hamilton in, uh, and what the implications with the NFL. We'll start with you, Ed. They, we'll start with you, Ed. They uh, have, have said that they're not going to have the game, which, uh, continue, which I agree with. Uh, but, you know, 
the Bills are currently at 12 and three. The Bengals are currently at 11 and four. Both playoff teams. Uh, so they're they're saying, okay, what we're going to do is have a, a a a neutral AFC game, which is bizarre. This whole thing has been bizarre and 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 setting precedents uh, in the NFL. So we'll start with you, Ed. What are your thoughts on that aspect of it? Uh, because they're both gonna, would have, as it stands now, both would have home field advantage in the first round. So they say, hey, we're going to create a neutral field. Indianapolis was asked and turned it down because of volleyball. That's a whole other thing. Uh, I think that I think that they didn't realize that the, that opportunity would come up to where they would make a lot more money. Uh, but uh, Ed, before I, I go on a, on a rant here, what are your thoughts on an AFC neutral field uh, for round one? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think there is a neutral field for round one, unless I'm mistaken. I thought it was a neutral field for the championship, the AFC championship game. Oh, you and might that be right only, about that. You might be right. I might have been wrong about that. And, and that's yeah, and that's only if Buffalo and uh, and Cincinnati, I think, get there, or, or Buffalo and Kansas City, I think. Um, is and there's no guarantee that they will. But I think first, both Buffalo and Kansas City, they have to win this week, I think. Uh, and then they have to get to the title game before it becomes a neutral site, and then you have the coin flip. Um, so, I mean, there, there's just a couple of permeations here. I mean, there's no guarantee that it's going to be a neutral site. Things have to break that way. But if they do, I mean, what, you know, the NFL, I don't, I don't know what more you could do. You're not going to make everybody happy in a situation like this. I mean, this is the first time, I think, since 1935 that uh, all NFL teams did not play the same number of games. Um, and I wasn't around in 1935, so I don't know, what, you know, any other. Are you sure about that, Ed? That, but I, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, 1935 <laughs> was the last time, not, not, and, and who knows why. Maybe it had to do with, I, I don't even know. But, uh, but yeah, so you're going to have teams. No, I'm saying, are you sure you weren't around in 1935? Oh. <laughs> 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 you, know, I might, I, you know, listen, uh, you know, if you believe in reincarnation, yeah, I could have been around. Maybe, maybe, I was, uh, maybe I was the head of the NFL then. I just don't remember. Um, there you go. But, you could, yeah, you could. do that as it may. There's no, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying you couldn't do any worse job in the leadership in the NFL right now anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Tony, yeah. Tony, what are your thoughts? I, I don't know. I just, the, I just think there's no easy answer for here for this situation, and they probably tried to do the best they could here. Yeah. Tony, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, the – well, first of all, what are your thoughts on DeMar? We didn't get your thoughts on him. Certainly a sad story around that, but what are your thoughts about that in general? And then uh, the – the cancellation, I think they, when they made a good decision of canceling the bills uh, Bengals game. And then, of course, the possibility of a neutral field in the AFC championship. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, it's, it's, we, we, we grow so used to seeing these big hits and these, these, these big, big collisions and then the player to top it up or, Oh well, he's got a concussion. No big deal. He'll be back out in two weeks, and he'll go through the protocol and be back out there. I mean, we saw it with Tua earlier in the season. Um, with that being said, like honestly, I'm I'm shocked, and I don't I don't mean this to be be cruel or dim, but I'm shocked we don't see it happen more often. I mean, I'm just, I'm I'm shocked that we don't see it happen more often. Mm-hmm. Kind of shows you how great the safety has come in in sports like football and hockey and and even racing. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I mean, I think cancellate, you know, you're running on such high adrenaline during that football game and you're giving it your all and you're at this high level, this high pace. 
then all of a sudden it comes crashing down and you see, you know, you, you, you see the, uh, you see the ugly side of the sport and it's hard to have players try to tone that away and say, yeah, let's get back out there 15 minutes later and, and try to play an NFL game. It's just, it's just super tough. So um, as far as the neutral side goes, I mean, I think Detroit might play into this. Um, you know, there are places that, that you can go um, that aren't, you know, going across the entire country or, or, or moving around. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, as, Ed, as Ed mentioned, I mean, he's right. You're not going to make everybody happy. He's not going to make, you know, the NFL's not going to make it is they're, they'll make it as even as possible. It doesn't mean it's, it's going to make everybody happy. So we'll see what happens. But as mentioned, there's still a lot of dice that have to fall or cards that have to fall the right way. Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Can, can you stick around for a few more minutes as we talk more right. deep into the playoff picture? Or do you got a balance? Yep. I got a couple more minutes. All right, buddy. So let's get into this playoff picture as we know it now. And we just talked about the, the Eagles really needing this win against the Giants and, and that they need to have that. It stands now, if they get the win tomorrow, they'll have the first round, uh, uh, first round by, which they definitely need for Jalen Hurts. Let's talk a little bit about these uh, New England Patriots as it stands now. They would play the Bills. Uh, who are 12 and three, but the Patriots are at eight and eight. Ed, let's start with you. I'd love to see the Patriots lose. I was hoping this would be the one year that the Colts would be in the playoffs and the Patriots would not. That did not come out to be the the case. Uh, good if if the Patriots get a win tomorrow, it's a great win for them in the playoff picture. Here we are again talking about the Patriots in the postseason. What are your thoughts about the Patriots in the playoffs uh, in the AFC? Well, they need to beat the Bills, I think, to have any chance, and then they need some other things to happen, I believe. A, a, a win and in isn't a situation for them, but it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how the Bills react in this game, right? Because they're, you know, obviously their teammate was, you know, he he pretty much died and came back. And, um, you know, will they come out inspired and fired up and play for him? Or will they be, you know, tentative and, you know, still struggling with their emotions? I, I think they're going to come out and play a good game, Buffalo. I think, you know, they talked to Hamlin yesterday on FaceTime. Uh, Hamlin gave him some some good uh, inspiring messages. So I think Buffalo is going to play really well, and they're going to beat New England. And I don't think New England's getting in. Hey, Tony, do you have any thoughts on on New England not getting in? Wouldn't that be great? It, would that be the silver lining <laughs> of, the, uh, of a Colts fan? <laughs> you know, I don't know if the hate. I mean, I, I just as far as being a Colts fan goes, I haven't really, um, you know. Paid too much attention, I guess, to the Patriots anymore. That rivalry, that I mean, even Chris Ballard said the rivalry's back on. It's no longer a rivalry. I mean, with them only playing each other maybe once every two or three years. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that they're out as far as the playoff picture looks right now. Um, as Ed mentioned, there's a lot of things that are going to have to fall in place. Um, but 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 it could happen. But um, I think more than likely you're looking at the Steelers getting in at that seven spot. Um, you know, obviously the Chiefs and the AFC getting that bye week. I think you'll see J- the Jaguars with. I think they'll win tonight against the Titans. That'll that'll set up a matchup, which I think will be a pretty good matchup in that first round. And I think Ed will agree with me. Chargers and Jaguars, two teams mm-hmm. opposite coast, very young quarterbacks, kind of trying to make their next step in the NFL. And 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 could that be a Joe Burrow situation where a guy like Trevor Lawrence or a guy like Justin Herbert gets hot and can make a run through the playoffs? Um, I think the Ravens are in with 
at six to take on the Bengals. That'll be a pretty good game. And then Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So uh, I, I think the AFC, you know, that, that opening weekend will be really good. Um, I think we'll see, see three really competitive games. Uh, but I'm interested to see what Justin Herbert and the Chargers can do once they get in. Yeah, I, I like Justin Herbert, and let's see how they how the Chargers do uh, do do if I can if I can use that word. But I think we're all in agreement that Jacksonville is going to win the AFC South. Ed, would you agree with that? Well, how about Doug Peterson, man? He's one of my favorite mm-hmm. coaches and people of all time. I would love to see it. I mean, I was reminded yesterday <clears throat> we're standing watching the Eagles come out of practice and they're walking past us into the locker room, and I remember I always used to ask Doug, I'm like, Doug, what's your first play this weekend? And he'd look at me and go, bombs away, bombs away. <laughs> and then one time he looks at me and says, I'm thinking about running a double reverse to start it. Maybe throw a pass in there off the double reverse. <laughs> he's just such a down-to-earth guy. And he's proven that he's, uh-huh. he's a, good, a darn good head coach. I mean, he's got Trevor Lawrence pointed in the right direction. I mean, I, I would just love, you know, we talked earlier about five coaches taking two different teams to the Super Bowl. I, man, I'd love to see that <laughs> That's getting way ahead of ourselves here. But, man, I'd love to see Doug get that, that team into the Super Bowl and become the sixth head coach to do it. And maybe the first ever, if you were to find a way to win the Super Bowl, to, to win a, a Super Bowl with two different teams. But that's way ahead of ourselves. They, they have to win tonight, like Tony said. They have to beat the Titans. And, you know, uh, that, that might not happen. So, first things first. But, yeah, I, I would love to see the, the Jags and the, and the Chargers match up. Uh, in the wild well, this is the time of year when 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 teams begin, that have certainly clinched a a solid uh, playoff position and uh, decide to to rest their starters. Let's talk about uh, Ed. Let's talk with about San Francisco and Arizona. I think this is one of those situations where you look at a twelve and four team with San Francisco. They got a very good uh, position within the playoffs. Uh, in, in the NFC side of it, they're going against the the Cardinals, who are nine and two. Uh, you, you know, San Francisco is five and zero in the division. So, what what are your thoughts on the Forty ers and the and the Cardinals? Well, the Cardinals are, are you know they're done. Obviously, I think Cliff Kingsbury you know might be out of a job by Monday afternoon. But um, we'll see about that. But yeah, the Forty ers I mean, they can still get the one seed here if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys lose. And I guess, I guess the Vikings, although the Vikings lost last week, so I think the, I think the Forty ers are still in play for the number one seed and. Um, the thing about the 49ers, though, is they haven't, they haven't played a very good schedule. I mean, their schedule is ranked 31st toughest in the league, and there's only 32 teams, so there's only one team that played a worse schedule. I don't think the 49ers have beaten anybody, maybe one team with a winning record. Uh, I'm not belittling them, though, because I think it's an interesting stat when you look at the 49ers, the teams that have uh, lost uh, or, or teams that played them the following week, they're 0-15 after playing the 49ers. So it's a physical game when you play the 49ers. Uh, they're going to beat you up. Uh, they have a talented roster, and yeah, they'll, they'll beat the Cardinals, and then they'll wait and see where they're going to be seated. But you know, they still have a shot at the number one seed here. Tony, uh, Kansas City obviously uh, clinched uh, their, their division. I, by all rights, expect for them to get it to the national. Cha- I mean, the AFC national championship game. Uh, Kansas City takes on Las Vegas. This could be an opportunity for Las Vegas just to get another win in their belt because. Kansas City, the last I heard, is going to rest Patrick Mahomes. But uh, what are your thoughts on Kansas City and the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, the Raiders, This is, you know, Ed just kind of mentioned the Cardinals. It seems like the Raiders are in the same situation. Is, is, is McDaniels going to be there? Is Derek Carr going to be the future quarterback? I mean, we saw last week their their third string came in and 
and played really well against the 49ers. It was a back-and-forth game. You had two two rookie quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure, that were you know start of the season, the second and third stringers. So I think both, I think both were actually third string at some point this year. Um, and it was a back-and-forth game, came down to um, to overtime, and the 49ers got that interception and set up a field goal. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs, they'll be ready for Jacksonville or the Chargers in two weeks uh, when it comes time. But, you know, back to that NFC, I mean, you look right now. I mean, the Eagles are probably going to get the number one seed. You look at the Buccaneers taking on the Cowboys, possibly the Vikings and Giants, and then the Niners and Packers. And here's what's interesting about that. You know, as Ed mentioned, how good are the 49ers? We don't know. We know they have a really good defense. They're very physical, as mentioned. Um, but can Brock Purdy be the guy to get it done? You take Aaron Rodgers, who is probably the hottest quarterback on the hottest team right now. As long as they get in, obviously they got to take care of business tomorrow night at home against the Lions. I think they will. Green Bay would go to where Aaron Rodgers basically grew up in California to take on the 49ers. This is a 49ers team that, remember, a year ago went into went into Green Bay and knocked off the Packers in a snowy, cold conditions to advance to the NFC Championship. So you'd have the Packers then, you know, looking for um, some revenge from that. And then they would either play the Giants or the Vikings. There's a Giants team that has Daniel Jones, who's been pretty good. But if you make him beat you throwing the football and not running the football and eliminate Saquon Barkley, that's a game that, you know, we'll see. Uh, if you, I could certainly see it. The Packers taking on the Vikings in the second round of the playoffs. The Packers getting another one over the Vikings and ending up in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles. Wouldn't that be a storyline? Um, I think the Cowboys will take care of Tampa. I just I don't believe in Tampa. Um, I know everybody's going to say, oh, it's Tom Brady and yada, yada, yada. But, again, you want to talk about a really bad division and you want to talk about a team that really hasn't done too much to impress me. Uh, that's been the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks so far. And I, I'm, that's a great segment into our last game that I want to be able to talk about, and that's uh, Tampa Bay uh, in the playoffs. Ed, can we – can we? God, you know, this whole thing about Tom Brady, and we thought this was going to be the year where Tom Brady would not figure out a way to get into the, to the playoffs, and yet he's 8-8 eight and eight and he finds a way to get into the playoffs. Tampa Bay takes on the Falcons. Man, this Tom Brady saga never never stops, does it, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, they are playing a little better. They're getting healthier. And listen, if the Eagles lose tomorrow, like I said earlier, and I, I don't think Tony was on, but if the Eagles have if they fall from what looked like to be the number one seed to the number five seed and have to go to Tampa, I could see Tampa winning that game because the Eagles will come in emotionally shot after losing three in a row thinking they had the number one seed. So, you know, Tampa, you know, they could win the opener if they if they uh, have to face the Eagles. But, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. It was a great breakdown by Tony there on the, you know, how these things, how this playoff thing can play out. That would be amazing to see the Packers come to Philly for the NFC Championship game that they played earlier this year. And, you know, as well as Aaron Rodgers is playing, I'm not sure they figured out how to stop the run yet. I mean, the Eagles ran for 360-some yards on the ground, set a franchise record for most yards in a <clears throat> rushing in a game. Um, if they haven't stopped, figured out a way to stop the run, then they're not going to have a, a long life. I mean, I know Rodgers is playing better, but, you know, their defense, I'm not sure has figured out how to stop the run. I haven't really paid too much attention to that. But, um, yeah, I mean, Brady – Sure, you can't count him out at any time. I know he's what forty-five or forty-six, but you just can't ever count that guy out. <laughs> I know, 
I know. Uh, so, guys, real one question real quickly before we let everybody go. Tony, the biggest dark horse story to come out of the playoffs will be what? Insert game here. I think in a couple weeks we're going to be talking about staying hot, getting in, making a run. And I think we could also be talking about the Chargers and Justin Herbert getting it done in Kansas City to advance the AFC Championship game. Tony, I mean, Ed, same question to you. Dark horse story, insert uh, story line here. Uh, Let's see. How about the Dallas Cowboys go to the NFC? The Dallas Cowboys actually figuring it out. Mike McCarthy, you know, catching lightning in a bottle, the coach there, and the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl for the first time, you know, this century. That'd be my dark horse story. I guess another story I'd like to see is the Buffalo Bills kind of, you know, find their footing here emotionally after what happened to their uh, DeMar Hamlin and uh, making their way to the Super Bowl and even possibly winning it. You know, that's a franchise that probably deserves a Super Bowl, definitely deserves a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, they would be my stories. Buffalo winning the Super Bowl uh, and uh, Dallas getting to the Super Bowl. Tony Donahue of the Tony D. Bobcast and BurnoutSports.com. What you guys working on this week, sir? And where can people find your work and masterpieces? A lot of racing stuff going on. Uh, you can check it, Tony D. Indy on Twitter, at Burnout Sports on Twitter. Got a lot of uh, cool things coming up. And uh, my Twitter will we'll keep following this uh, Jim Harbaugh, Indianapolis Colts, next head coach saga. Tony, have you started the, Indy, the 2023 Indy 500 time clock yet? You know, we're uh, we're less than two months away from them going green at St. Pete, and then uh, then before you know it, it'll be it'll be the month of May, less than five months away. So we'll see. Well, we'll see what happens. Tony, we appreciate you, man. You have yourself a good weekend, sir. All right, take care, guys. See you, Tony. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Uh Ed, I'll give you the final word on the playoff picture as we look at it now. Of course, we still got some games to play and any any final words of wisdom for us if you want to add anything else on DeMar that's fine too what are your thoughts sir well I think this playoff start tonight uh you know that game with Tennessee and Jacksonville is a playoff game win and you're in losing you're out so you know that that really let's start right here right now with the playoffs and as far as DeMar Hamlin goes I know the Bills put him on injured reserve so his this season, as you would expect, is over, but my hope is that the kid can come back and, and do what he loves to do, and that's play football. But it's going to be tough, right? I mean, emotionally, to have to go through what he went through. Um, but he does love the game, and uh, I think it's really cool that, you know, his uh, his charity, his uh, toy drive that he does every Christmas is now over, I think, $8 million after everybody yeah. responded to what happened. I think that's terrific. I know a lot of NFL players that – gave money to that too, but you know, the general public certainly pitched into that as well. So I thought that was just a great thing to see. And it's great that he's Absolutely. doing Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay yeah. donated over $25,000. I know I, I saw on that. So yeah, a great, great uh, charity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just a great outpouring from, you know, uh, his brotherhood in, in the NFL and, and people outside the NFL to get it to that point. But I just hope he can come back and, you know, listen, if he doesn't ever play again, as long as he leads a productive life, that's fantastic. But it's something he loves to do. So if he wants to keep doing it, hopefully he'll still be able to do it. 
Well, hopefully he can. And you know, he's 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 a he's a very talented young player, and certainly would hate to see his career end. But I could certainly understand him saying, "Hey, hey, a brush for death is, is enough for me." But his legacy yeah. is cemented in the NFL forever. Hopefully, that's not the story that ends with him. But yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, Tony. I mean, Tony. You're, you're now Tony, Ed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? What you working on this week? Uh, yeah, well, obviously the Eagles-Giants is a big one. Uh, a lot of coverage coming out of that. A lot of coverage going into it. If you want to check out my uh, site, NFL, or it's uh, com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Uh, all my uh, writing from the week uh, is there. Uh, and then uh, my Twitter account at Kratzy K R A C Z E. You can find uh, you know my opinions and thoughts and story links there. Ed, we appreciate you, and you have yourself a good week. And we're certainly rooting for the Eagles against the Giants this week. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, Tom. Thanks. Have a good uh, good rest of the weekend. Talk to you soon. See you. All right. Bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Also, thank you, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com. And also, Adam Jividen, our Super Brown fan, Super Duper uh, Cavs fan, Guardian fan, all-around great guy in college football, co-pilot, and helping us break down what's going on in, in college football. We've, we've been uh, talking throughout the entire show about DeMar Hamill. Uh, the the safety that took a horrific hit and went into cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football in front of the nation and it was just a a terrible terrible story and we talked about prayer uh, you know coming back to basically just like that uh, on the field and Dan or- Orlowski, uh said a prayer live on ESPN I don't think I've I've seen that maybe since I've been a kid where there's been a prayer on national television especially during a sporting event. And we look at all the uh, woke events that people say, oh, it's so wrong to pray and so forth. And Dan said, no, it would, now's the time to pray. And we, and we played that earlier on in the show, but we're going to end with that, this, and with a moment of silence uh, out of respect for DeMar Hamlin. Glad that he's doing better. Uh, but here's the prayer that uh, Dan Orosky uh, did uh, for Hamlin as the events were unfolding on Monday Night Football. I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it him. It is. DeMar Hamlin, right, right, right now. God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.